Welcome to the Confident in Christ podcast, a ministry of the First Baptist Church of Valley Springs, Arkansas. This is Pastor Sean Milliken, and I'm glad that you've joined us today for this discussion around the topic of forgiveness. In this episode, we're talking about the theological landscape or the biblical teaching that helps us come at and frame the subject of forgiveness, specifically thinking about divine forgiveness, that is the forgiveness that's necessary between us and God, and then how that impacts our relationships with others. All month long, we'll be exploring various topics centered on forgiveness. We want to start this week by examining the Christian belief, the Christian teaching or doctrine about forgiveness. What does the Bible say about forgiveness? You know, there are really two planes, I think, that we have to think along to do justice to the biblical teaching on forgiveness. And the first is that we're, we're thinking about our relationship with God. So it's, it's divine forgiveness. And then there is the human forgiveness aspect where we're dealing with our personal relationships with others. So, that, so it's important to make that distinction between whether we're talking about God or with others. Let me throw out a definition for you for divine forgiveness and see what you think. Divine forgiveness is when God acts to restore our relationship with him by the removal of objective guilt. God acts to restore our relationship with him by the removal of objective guilt. What, what do you think about that definition? That's not my definition, by the way. I got it from uh, Baker's Encyclopedia of the Bible. What I like about that definition, it puts God is in the driver's seat. He, he has to do something, has to be willing, uh, and he acts. But also it talks about objective guilt. Let me give you the human forgiveness definition. Human forgiveness, ceasing to feel resentment for wrongs and offenses. It's to offer a pardon that renews and restores. What do you think about that one? I mean, I think it has to do with feelings, not necessarily the action of forgiving sometimes. There's a difference in that. You can you can act like you you know, you kinda of got over it but not actually really deal with that. That's kind of what that means to me. Yeah. That's what it makes me think of. I don't think we often go right to feelings when we think about forgiveness because we know we have bad feelings. Right. And uh, that one struck me because it's like, man, wow, if I still have bad feelings, if I still have resentment, is that an indicator that I've not forgiven? What would be a working definition if your kid came to you and said, what, what is forgiveness? What does it mean for me to forgive the kid on the soccer field who kicked me in the ankle and, and broke my ankle bone? You can tell I'm still harboring resentment. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hard question. Well, it's a hard question. How would I define forgiveness? Because the first, you know, the objective guilt, I had the same thought that you were talking about is, well, what makes it objective? Is it the, to, is it the commandments? And so that's objective. Because then when you go into to the forgiveness between other people and that resentment, I do think resentment comes if we don't forgive, that that builds and that's not good and that takes away from our freedom. But, but does that mean that that's subjective at that point? I mean, you know, like, I think you offended me or I get offended, but that's not maybe not objective. So is that the difference in that objective term from one to the other? Yeah, I think the objective guilt term was, was associated with divine forgiveness. So right. where there is, God never changes. You know, his law is perfect. And, and, and there is an objective, I think, fairly objective sense of what God expects of us in the Bible. Whereas, yes, it, my spouse... May expect something of me, 
on our anniversary that she's never communicated, but I'm supposed to know. <laughs> so, the, so the standard, yes, can be a little that would be more subjective. Yeah, I think so. Hopefully. I, I think so. You know, one of the things that we're all guilty of is essentially, and this, I'll tie this back to worldview, so why it's important is that one of the sins that we all have that we need forgiveness of is the sin of Adam. They wanted something apart from God. They wanted this little niche that's just me apart from God. Well, that's that's the sin. We're we're apart. That's the that's the forgiveness God gives us is that we have a nature that says that makes that statement. Apart from God, I want to do this. I want to be this. I want to have. I want to go have fun at something that's not part of God. Well, in its own nature, that's what God has to forgive. And we we all have that nature. We feel like we should own that individually, just uh, you know, apart. God doesn't really have anything to do with this. This is just me. When essentially everything we are comes from God. Every bit of us comes from God. And when you say that, you talk about you know forgiveness and God giving us forgiveness. It makes me think of how would I define it? And I think of covering over, you know, covering over wrongs with love, or even um, offering grace. And maybe even undeserved grace, or as we see. So in psychology, there's this there's this there's this concept called the fundamental fundamental attribution error. You know, I've heard of that. All <laughs> where, the time, yeah. <laughs> where it's that you know, if somebody does something wrong, we tend to attribute that to something that's internal to them, that they're bad or they messed up or it's something internal. But if we mess up. It's something that we say is external. We, we attribute it to external things like, well, I was in a tough situation or I was having a rough day. And so I don't know, but it reminds me of that, whereas we can really be, we can have a misconception of other people's actions based on that, on that error. But also that's where it comes back to that definition of forgiveness of even no matter what, if it was right or wrong, it's I'm going to give undeserved grace or I'm going to give, I'm going to cover that with love. Well, let's back up to, and, and both of y'all have spoken to this a little bit, but let's back up and just think about the Bible's main teaching about forgiveness, which I think is the divine forgiveness aspect. And, and there are two real issues that I think the Bible associates with the doctrine of forgiveness. And the first is that it's the holiness of God, God's perfection, and God is different than us, okay? And, and he's our creator, and, and he's perfect and, and righteous. And then there is humanity's sin guilt. Kurt was talking about that, that rebellion against against God. So I think one of the great passages of the Bible that here is a, a David grappling with his own sin in light of God's holiness, and, and it talks about forgiveness. Let me read a few verses from Psalm 32. It said, How blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away. Through my groaning all day long, for day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was drained away as with the fever heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you and my iniquity I did not hide. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. I don't know about you, but, but I see those things that I talked about right here in these verses, grappling with my own sin guilt. 
and and feeling God's disapproval. He says, you know, it, it's like it was sapping my energy, uh, it, you know, draining away. I was wasting away because of this guilt, this burden that I felt before God. And he confessed his sins, and it said in verse 5, and God forgave the guilt. There's that objective guilt. He forgave it. He did not hold those iniquities against him. That's forgiveness by God. One of the questions is, what does a person have to do to be forgiven? So I'll throw that out to you all. What does a person have to do to be forgiven by God? I mean, I think the biggest thing is to ask for forgiveness. I mean, I think the first step to asking for forgiveness is admitting you have a problem. And that's when you bring it out to light and you take it out of the darkness and you put it before God and say, this is what I'm having a problem with. And then the second part is asking for forgiveness. And I know this came out of nowhere, but um, if you think about it, forgiveness, it has a word given, which means it's a gift, which is a gift from God. God gives us all the gifts. And I think forgiveness is just another gift that he's given us. So acknowledge our sin. That's one of the things he, uh, the psalmist said, when I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away. But it wasn't until verse 5, when I acknowledged my sin to you. We continue to do that over and over. Try to hide it, try to bury it, try to ignore it. And he says, you know, that's a that's a fool's errand. But but he did it. And finally, he said, I acknowledge my sin. So there needs to be an acknowledgement of our sin. What else is there? Do you think there's more to it than that? Is that it? Okay. Yep. God, I sin. You know, I mean, you repent and then try not to continually do whatever that is that that sin or um, that wrong that you're doing to somebody is to work on bettering yourself and not do that same thing over and over again. Why do you think God requires that peace from us? This whole acknowledgement and repentance. I think it's something for us because uh, thinking about it, I mean, people that are in sin and of the world, I mean, they... Like, they'll sin, but they won't think twice about it. For people that maybe are on the bridge or Christians, we have the Holy Spirit, which convicts us of when we do sin. So it's going to be something that eats away at us and eats away at us until we have to just say it. I mean, even with children, that's how they are. I mean, they grow up, and whenever they do something bad, they they can't keep a secret. So they have to, they have to tell it. No one can just keep something in because it just eats away at you constantly. So I think it's kind of God's way of saying, it's not healthy or, and it's not right to try to hold sin in. You have to put it before him so he can help you take care of it. I, know, I think there's certain things, too, that in repentance, uh, you, you, you acknowledge uh, that, that uh, you know, what it is that you're repenting of. And uh, uh, when you're new to Christianity, usually the, the burden that you uh, feel is that is you become aware of uh, what life I've lived uh, has, has brought me to my knees uh, and recognition that you are a created being. You are, you, you know, you are not the creator. And, and I think uh, repentance involves becoming aware of that. And forgiveness is also ongoing because uh, as Christians, we all continue to sin. We all continue to make mistakes. We all 
depending on at what point in life you become a Christian, a little bit affects the number of bad habits that you've adopted into your behavior that now you're going to spend the rest of your life struggling with. And uh, I hope to tell you, you know, as a as a Christian, that's one of the reasons as parents, you know, we, we hope our kids stay out of making so many bad choices because literally those bad choices early in your life become the struggles that now you're going to adopt and may have to struggle with the rest of your life. And we would save you from those if we could. And and hopefully those will not be airy stumbling blocks that you'll have to have to struggle with. Uh, but that is a, a question of forgiveness of how how many times does God forgive you of a of something that you you now uh, you know is part of your behavior part of your habitual life some people when they have a Christian conversion uh, the temptation goes away I've not met a person like that but I'm told it happens and so I'm, I'm happy that that happens but a lot of people when they come to Christ you know it it's a process and Christ convicts you of certain things in your life that maybe they were uh, they were okay in your life up until that time and it, it takes time and it takes uh, God will lead you into uh, a conviction and a change but but it may be something that you struggle with in your life and um, so I think the forgiveness aspect of the Christian walk is a is a is a one-time thing from a Christ standpoint, but it's also, if you are genuinely working on your Christian walk, I think it's also something that that is a process and stays with you as you grow throughout your Christian walk. And uh, sometimes we hold each other to a, hold other people to a higher standard than we're able to, to live up to. What's the relationship between forgiveness and salvation? Are those synonymous? Are they related? I think they're related. I don't know. Because I think if you are saved, then you would want to forgive because that's what God wants us to do. And that's part of salvation is following Christ and, um, I mean, you know, doing what what he wants us to do. And so I think that that is, yeah, I think they're definitely related. Um, I think there's a lot of people that are saved, just like, you know, myself, sometimes we struggle with forgiveness and and we think we have it sometimes, and then we it's just just ongoing. Um, so, but yes, I think if you're saved, then you should want to, you know, forgive and you know do those things that that Christ wants us to do. We should, we should be more Christ-like. Let me let me rephrase then. What's the relationship between divine forgiveness and salvation? Are those synonymous? I would say they are because we have to have God's forgiveness of our sins to be able to go to heaven because God cannot be around sin so if we want to be around God we have to ask forgiveness for our sins don't we agree with that mm-hmm. well that's what he did I mean he died on the cross to save us from our sins so we could be yeah. but the confession has to come and, first yeah. too mm-hmm. right confess and acknowledge our sins so just trying to think biblically about some of the different salvation words, I, I would I would agree with you all. I think that salvation encompasses more than forgiveness. But I would almost say forgiveness is like the shining star in the middle of it. 
this. So when we say someone is saved, I think we, we mean, yes, they're forgiven by God, but we also mean that they have eternal life and, and so on and so forth. So there are a lot of aspects of salvation, but forgiveness is a massive center, if you will, of it. Also, the Bible would talk about justification. Kurt just talked about justice. So we're justified. I think that's closely related to this idea of forgiveness, that, that our, our the guilt is removed. If someone is justified before God, it means they can stand before God their slate is clean. The debts are paid. So justification really is probably more synonymous with forgiveness. Salvation is this bigger uh, concept. So, so those are just trying to grapple with some of the biblical terms. But we're asking the question and, and trying to get at what does a person have to do to be forgiven? So we've said acknowledge sin. We've talked about repentance. And I would just point us to, as we uh, wrap up this week, I would point us to Romans 10 and verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And earlier in Romans, Paul has talked about we've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. And so he's going through, if you know the Roman road, he leads us to this point of how is a person saved? How are we justified? He talks about what God has done, but then what is our part? And I think that that's pretty critical to see that in Romans 10, that there needs to be this confession with the mouth, that also there's associated the belief of the heart. Because if, if someone came to me just off the cuff and said, what do I have to do to be saved? I would go to the, this verse, but I would say, well, you know, confess your sins, repent, and believe in Jesus. You have to believe on the Lord Jesus, and Jesus is that objective minister. He is the point in time in which God has dealt with man's sin clearly. And so I think there has to be faith. So I say all that to say forgiveness is really a central to our salvation. It's, it's not all of it, but it is a massive core of it. And right at the center is that need for us to be forgiven by God. And, and it's important for people to know what it takes to be saved. Confess our sins, believe who Jesus is, believe that he died for our sins, turn from our sin and turn and trust in Christ. And that's faith. Salvation is a fairly simple thing and forgiveness is a so integral to it. As we wrap up this episode, let me just speak a personal word to each of you listening. Could I encourage you to make sure that you have trusted in the death and the resurrection of Christ in the atonement by his blood that is the forgiveness of sins that becomes ours from God when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and we turn to him in faith. If you need more information about forgiveness, about salvation, I would love for you to contact us at the First Baptist Church of Valley Springs, Arkansas. This is Pastor Sean Milliken, hoping you have a blessed week.